On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I dissect the Sixers' first win of the year. Yes, they took down the Indiana Pacers in game number four, and now they hit the road. But before we talk about the road trip, let's get into this one. Sixers beat the Pacers, pick up win number one. We'll tech, tap in next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA. Welcome, you are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for TheInquirer.com. Keith, what's happening, man? What's popping, bro? What's popping? What's popping is uh, whatever bottles they decided to pop in that locker room after getting their first win of the season over the Indiana Pacers. That's what's popping. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they weren't popping bottles over beating the Pacers, but... Oh, it was, it was for the Phillies. But I ain't celebrating over that beating the Pacers, huh? It was it was for the Phillies getting to the World Series. That's what they were popping yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, okay. There you go. All right, well, thank, thank you, everybody, for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, a uh, final score tonight for the Philadelphia 76ers, a much-needed one, 120 106 uh they led the entire game up by 10 after one uh up also at the break where they were up 64 to uh 46 at that point and they never relinquished the lead it was never really in question yes indiana did make a bit of a run later on in the game where they came back and they put up uh, a good amount of points in the second half on the Sixers defense but there was a lot to take away from so uh as we get started uh, something that stood out to you in this team win here for the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, I, I looked at this as just a confidence boost game. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, they did all the things that they were supposed to do, um, but they didn't sustain it. But, but what I'm talking about, uh, the thing that really stood out to me was the ball movement. If you notice the ball was zipping around. I mean, they passed up as they say a good shot to get a great shot. I mean, there was times when James Harden had the ball. First three games, he would dribble it up, you know, walk it up. There was times that he got the ball and he just threw it, zipped it down down court. Guys was getting easy layups. Guys were catching the ball, rounding the basket, taking it up. Um, so those are the things that stood out to me. Something else that stood out to me was that they made a conscious effort to, when they were swinging that ball to make sure they got it to Tobias Harris. You know, Tobias Harris shot four for 10 on threes. There was one point where he was one for six, though. Or or no, he was two for six. I'm sorry, he was two for six on threes. He was one for five. But it was it was uh, one of those things where I just felt like the ball movement was there, and that's on the positive side, you know, for the 76ers. I'll follow you up on that one, Keith, and talk about the ball movement, something that we haven't seen all season long, which is a high assist number 
on their made baskets. They had 25 assists last night on 38 made field goals uh, in this game. And uh, that was encouraging to me because one of the staples for them last season and even the season before when Ben Simmons was here, that the high the assist number was high on the made field goals. And what that tells me, to your point, is that they do share the basketball. And they got back to that tonight where it wasn't there weren't too many possessions where we saw where we felt like it was really selfish. James Harden had a, a uh, game high 11 rebounds tonight. Tyrese Halliburton second. He had 10 for the Indiana Pacers. But James Harden, 11 uh, assists to go along with his game high, 29 points. Uh, one shy of a triple-double with a, a rebound missed, uh, just nine rebounds. Well, not just, but nine rebounds on the on the night. And again, that stands out to me that the ball was moving. Harden had his 11 you had Tyrese Maxey with three. Everyone else had two, 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 one, one, one up and down the roster. And they were, as you pointed out, making sure the ball was popping around the perimeter. The ball touched everyone's hand and then gets stuck in one area of the floor with one particular player. So that was something that stood out to me. The other thing for me, too, after looking at this basketball team through the first three games, all losses, is um, the fact that they made 19 three-pointers tonight, last night. They were 19 for 43 for 44%. They shot one less than Indiana. So Indiana got off their fair share of threes also, but they only made 12 of their 44. And that was a big difference for me. They had the same amount of field goals. And uh, the Sixers did have the advantage at the free throw line, 25 makes on 28 takes. But it was the made three-pointers there, seven plus. So you figure that's 21 more points than the Indiana Pacers did there. They, they beat the Pacers by 14. And they had the, you know, the, the, the seven threes, 21, and uh, again, plus, you know, making sure that they made their free throws overall. So all in all, I thought that those are a few things that stood out. They turned the ball over only eight times, another improvement game by game. They've improved where that turnover number is not as high, only allowing seven points, 19 points for the Sixers off of Indiana's mistakes, which were 13. So that was encouraging also. The only problem with that is when you look at the fast break points, uh, there was a big discrepancy there, 24 to 7 for Indiana. Uh, on the stat sheet, only one fast break opportunity for the Sixers on the night to the 11 chances for the Indiana Pacers. So they got out and, and ran. And it's something that Rick Carlisle, just like the San Antonio Spurs did this past weekend with the Sixers, he has a young team. They're all very young. They have fresh legs. They want to get out and go. They know they're not as good as the rest of the opponents that they're playing in a rebuilding situation. So what they're doing is trying to get out, take advantage of their speed, take advantage of the open floor, and get out and see if they can catch the team off balance. And that's what Indiana did uh, to the six or so. Still something that they need to tighten up on. But game by game, hopefully we're going to start to see with this basketball team improvements in all these different areas. And uh, for me, we know what happened, Boston, Milwaukee, and San especially after San Antonio uh, defeated Minnesota on Monday night. You lost three good teams for right now. Yeah, you didn't lose to three good teams. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, listen. I'm, I'm going to give, give credit where credit is due. D, don't do that. Don't do that, bro. Nah, nah, bro. Nah, bro. Nah, nah. That was nah, a big win in Minnesota. D, it doesn't D, matter what it looks like later on. Right now. They beat they, it. They beat for what they were they, when they, they played. They didn't lose. At two and one. Woo. They beat it. The, 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 the San Antonio Spurs are playing good basketball right now. We could talk about it 10 games from now. 
Right now, they're playing good basketball. They shouldn't have lost to them, but they're playing good basketball. I ain't so, going to be a good team. That that was that was a, a a a good a good win for San Antonio on Saturday here in Philadelphia. Are the Sixers a better team? Absolutely, they are a better team. San Antonio was better than them for whatever reason on Saturday. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's I'm not saying that that's a good thing for the Sixers. I'm saying that's a good thing for San Antonio for how they're playing for based on where they're going to end up with at the end of the season. They're going to be terrible down the line. Right now, they're playing decent basketball. I'm going to give them credit. Yeah, because you know what San Antonio is, man, what they are, real rap. Let's keep it 100. You remember when the Sixers were tanking the first year? Mm-hmm. They started all 3-0. and 3-0. and They beat, they beat uh, Miami in game Miami. one. Miami. They beat Washington, and they yep. beat someone else. Yeah. And everybody was like, yo, they're a good team. And Brett Brown was like, hold on a little bit. Hold I'm not, I, I don't think everybody was saying, yo, they're a good team. Saying, oh, maybe they're gonna play a little better than we anticipated. Some people were saying because I I remember when because I was there in the deep when they went three and no, they beat the, the team in DC, they beat the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And there were certain reporters like, yo, Brett, do you think this team is a whole lot better than and he just looked and smiled and said, No. You know what I mean? It was like, no. And that's why I just said they beat them for right now what they are playing at the level that the Spurs are playing. In the end, the Spurs may not win 15 games. This week, the start of the season, they're playing good basketball. I'm giving them credit for what they're doing right now. They did that on the second night of a back-to-back. That's a good win. So I'm giving them credit for where they are right now. That team is going to stink but down the line. But you said they beat three good teams. Three good teams for where they are today. When you yeah, when you look at the standings, San Antonio just beat Minnesota on the road too. So I'm giving them credit. They just had three good wins: Indiana, the Sixers, and Minnesota. That's three good wins. I don't care. I don't care when it is. That's three good wins, even if it's in the middle of the year and they're 12 and 46, and they beat those three teams in there. That's a good stretch for them. They're playing good basketball. They're look, man, I'm basketball. just gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and we're going we're gonna do this right now. The, the Sixers are the Sixers a good team right now, huh? Are the Sixers a good team I right don't now? Know. It's, it's to be determined. We'll find That's out. Determined. Stop. No, it is. It That's is. On paper, they are. On paper, they are. On paper, they are. They're mean, playing terribly right now. They're not a good basketball team right now. Oh no! Nah, but we saying, are they a good team right now? I mean, I'm talking about like yes. on paper today. I mean, uh, nah, no, nah. they're not. <laughs> they're not. Nah, they're not. San Antonio, we're going back and forth on San Antonio, which is going to mean nothing in 20 games. But look, the Sixers got a a win tonight. They needed it for them. I'm assuming for them, the season starts now. That's how they're going to look at it. All right, listen. So San Antonio, they 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 got crushed by Charlotte. They lost by 27. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, they lost by 27 to Charlotte at home. Then they beat they beat uh they beat Indiana, they beat the Sixers, and they beat Minnesota, right? Who who then that's two playoff teams right there, supposedly Sixers and Minnesota. So Minnesota is two and two. Um, and the two the guy that helped them get to the playoffs right there. Minnesota, their two victories came. Oh my gosh, dog! You know their two victories came against Minnesota. Yeah, 
Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. It'd be OKC twice. All right, so they're a bad basketball team. What they did, what they were supposed to do, they beat them, but they lost to the Spurs, which they weren't <laughs> yeah. supposed to do. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, they, yeah, they, they beat OKC twice. Man, I wish the the scheduling guys really helped them, them out early. I mean, come on, bro. Like, all right, all right. I mean, but I give it to them. I give it to them. I mean, you, 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 you got to play these games. The all Sixers right. are supposed to be three and one right now. They're one and nah, three. No, they weren't. No, they yes. Weren't. All right. Two, was, and two. At, at, two and two. Two and two. They could have been. Come on, two. man. They weren't, they weren't supposed to split those games between Milwaukee and the Boston nah, Celtics. Uh-uh. Nah. All right. All right. That's, that's what I thought they should have done. Split those two. And they didn't. Yeah, they get. So, again, not a good basketball team right now. Not a good basketball team. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into some other things that stood out to us. In the uh, next segment uh, here on Locked On 76ers, keep our pay, Devon Givens, arguing over the San Antonio Spurs. But before we do that and uh, guys are looking for new jobs, these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I mean, listen, you, got your, you have your stories that you've all dealt with in hiring processes. And when you have been trying to get in there and get into a work field and get into a good position, something that you may have liked, and maybe you've dived into LinkedIn uh, to help you find that potential place. And if you are one who is looking to hire again and you've had those experiences, some good and some bad, this is why you get in on this particular thing with LinkedIn jobs that we're talking about. Then as you do so and create your posts on LinkedIn jobs to find your way and finding people that you want to look to hire or, or the vice versa, you're looking for a job, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring for your small business. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience it so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. Make sure you finish things out strong. We're getting to the end of the year. You want to find those right people. Again, simply, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires for leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. All right. Thanks for being locked on 76. First listen today. Make your second listen game to game. Uh, NBA, of course, and and the 76ers in the Eastern Conference. Every moment, every top performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA in its entirety with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA. Of course, Eastern Conference for us for the 76ers, but also don't forget about the West, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you do get your podcasts. All right. All right. Appreciate you checking in as always. And uh, Keith, we need to talk about Shake Milton. He got some some time tonight, but it's not just about Shake Milton uh, coming into the game tonight. The Sixers were, I believe, 103 to 34. That was the discrepancy there with the bench scoring from Boston. Milwaukee and San Antonio through the first three games, the Sixers only putting up 34 bench points. All good teams, 
<laughs> um, they finally got something done tonight with their bench, Keith. They were able to get some production from not only Shake Milton, who came out there for a few minutes. Uh, Montrez Harrell had five points. Daniel House played six six uh, had played six points in twenty minutes. Uh, he had a three pointer. George Niang thirteen points. De'Anthony Melton eleven. They were seven for thirteen from the floor and a combined five for ten from three. Those two, uh, Keith, they finally got something from the bench. Now look, the bench did score for Indiana also. Benedict Matherin, talented young rookie from Arizona, he had seventeen. Chris Duarte had nine. Uh, but for the Sixers, this was most important because they finally got something to look for, look forward to from their bench production tonight. Yeah, they did. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, they they did. The the only my my concern is, you know, they were outscored. They were outscored thirty eight to thirty six on bench points, right? But in the first half, the Sixers, I believe, they scored twenty one of those, those points. And when you look at it. You know, you, you look at a team, um, the Pacers, their bench really didn't do that much in the first half. I mean, their bench had six, um, 10, they had 12 points, and they ended up scoring 38. Now, again, to me, it wasn't that the bench, the Sixers bench just went away and they stopped doing stuff. I just felt like in the second half, like the there were certain guys who were the ball wasn't zipping and moving as way as it was before. They weren't getting them as much involved. They weren't making a conscious effort at times, right? So to me, like again, it was it was a good start. They they were destroying them. I mean, at one point, I believe they were up. They had like four. They had fourteen bench points to two at one point. But then all of a sudden, it just seems like the the other team's reserves were cooking. And and you look at it and you're like, well, would you, what do you mean? Like, are, is it five on five at the same time and the Sixers can't do it? No. It's just that I just felt like certain guys just weren't – the ball was moving, but it just wasn't moving as well as it was in, in the first half. How I looked at it, as far as the second half goes, the starters played a majority of the minutes in the second half for the Sixers. They scored 47 points, the starters did. And if you include, this is minus, uh, this is with P.J. Tucker. And if you include George Niang, who played more P.J. Tucker's minutes, uh, you add seven, I think it was about seven more points, so about 54 points in the second half uh, for the starters in general. I looked at what they did. And that's where it was less of the bench and more of the starters in that second half with George Niang getting those minutes. So uh, I, I just I just thought that that was where Doc Rivers decided to go to. He wanted to, as we've seen in the second half, where they had the lead against San Antonio, they gave that up. Uh, and in this case, I think he wanted to keep his foot on the gas with the, his main guys and not as much with the reserves, even though they helped him with the the uh, the advantage at the break at the half and of course what they did a little bit in the third quarter but it was more about getting those guys to put their foot on the gas not let up and keep putting that pressure on that indiana team that young fast and not afraid and i think that's what the goal was for doc rivers in that second half well was to simply make sure that he didn't let up and he did not give give that team any ounce of uh, while they did lose it by four you know a lot of those young players played in the second half 
also for 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 the Indiana Pacers. George Niang played 14 minutes and 28 seconds. Daniel House played 855 in the second half with DeAnthony Melton 606 with Paul Reed 614. Paul Reed is not looking to score. Uh, Montrez Harrell only played three minutes and six seconds. Did not have a shot attempt he was a goose egg in the second half so I, I think it was more of what they did with the uh with the with the starters than they did with the reserves in the second half and that's why uh to your point it, it looked a little bit different now pj tucker didn't take a shot in the second half so the seven points did go to um george niang uh with most of the minutes he played 14 28 with the starters for the most part. So I, I would put his points with the starters over PJ Tucker since he didn't shoot anything. So that's how I looked at it uh, tonight. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it either way because like when you look at it, so this, you break it down in the second half, right? The 76ers shot um, in, in, in the second half, like, you know, they, they, they kind of like the, the bench wasn't really in there, but then when they got there, they, their shooting wasn't all that good either. You know what I mean? Some of the guys in there. Now, I will say this. I mean, because what they did is, you know, they shot they shot 50% from the field, the Sixers did, right? The starters shot 15 for 25, 60%. The bench guys, you're right, they didn't get a lot of shots. They shot two for nine, though, and that's 22%. So when you look at it, I get what you're saying, but it just seemed like when they got the ball, the rhythm just wasn't there. Now, again, you do have George Niang in there, and you just want him to run. Not George Niang. Paul Reed, you want him to run, right? Montrez Harrell, you got to find this guy the the, um, the ball. You do. Because I'm going to tell you this. When you look at Montrez Harrell, in the second half, he was a plus three, Right? When we think of Montrez Harrell, what do you think, D? I think energy. I, I think points and uh, hustle. Exactly. So my thing is, I don't think defense. I don't think rebounding. Now, I, sometimes it gets rebounds. So my thing is, he was in there running up and down the court. Montrez Harrell is a guy that the ball has to find. Because when the ball finds him, he plays with more energy. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. a Paul Reed is the type of guy where, you know what? I don't care if he touched the ball or not, because I know he's going to like, I got to get him. He's going to grab rebounds. Okay. He's going to go apart and stuff like mm-hmm. that. To mm-hmm. me, it just looked like it wasn't really there. The Anthony Melton, this dude was hitting threes in the first half. Yep. And all of a sudden he only got two shots in the second half. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's kind of like in George Niang, he played 14 minutes. He only got two shots, you know. So if you look at it, it became more of James Harden, five for seven. Tyrese Maxey, he was he, he shot the ball six times and he struggled mightily. Tobias was three for four. So it just seemed like, you know what I mean? It was like everybody was feeding. You're right. They did play a lot. But everybody was like sharing the ball early. And then in the second half, it was like, yo, I got to get mine. I got to get mine. Now, one thing I will say about Harden is he, the, the ones that he got basically helped save the Sixers because there was threes. a came, but yeah, those threes were huge. Yeah. Those yeah. threes were huge. And he shot what? He was four for five on threes. Yeah. In the yeah. second half. Yeah. 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 In the second yeah. half. 
He came up big in the second half, five for seven, four for five, four assists, only one turnover, not only in the game, but that was in the second half where he turned the ball over. And B played well, five for eight, uh, six free throws, made all six of his opportunities. But yeah, James hit some big shots. James Harden did. Hit some really big ones. And um, the one that, of course, is going to stand out in the highlight was the one where he made Benedict Matherin drop to the floor. More of a, uh, more of a, like his feet got tangled up with him. And that's how he fell. Uh, but he made the shot, right? Uh, we saw it last, last week where he did the same thing and he missed it and he bricked it. So, so he, he made one tonight uh, for, for this team. So, yeah, but uh, also uh, I want to elaborate a little bit more when we get back, when we talk about the bench to close this one out. With Shake Milton getting in the mix, Doc Rivers talked about, again, Shake, Furkan, Korkmaz, Matisse, Thibel, Paul Reed. Talk about those guys getting minutes uh, based on what Doc Rivers is seeing. We'll tap into that next right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back. You are locked on 76ers. Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens. Keith Shake Milton did get a few minutes tonight as we talked about overall in the game. This is the first time we've seen one of these other players uh, outside of the usual four rotation that he had coming off the bench. Milton played six minutes and 13 seconds. Uh, did not have a shot attempt, one rebound, one assist, one personal foul in the game. After the game, Doc Rivers talked about how uh, maybe, you know, he wanted to try something different. I, I don't know. You, you weren't the one that asked the question, but wanted to try something different um, with, you know, somebody else giving him an opportunity. And Shake Milton was the one who got the call. He said that after training camp, Shake Milton has played the best out of Korkmaz and Thibault and Reed and even Jaden Springer, if you want to add him to the conversation. But he said he he has played the best and he was the one that earned those minutes from training camp to where we are right now. Um, he, but he didn't have Shake come in before Melton or even before House. He stuck with the f- normal four of Harold, Melton, House, and Niang. Did you have a problem with that? Or are you a little more encouraged by the fact that he did decide to go deeper into his bench, as he said, stretching out the rotation a little bit more? I, I, yeah, I, I don't really have a, a, a problem with, uh, with that right now. And here's the only reason I'm saying that is because, you know, you're still trying to figure things out and you just don't want to quit on it right now. You know, my thing is I do think that Matisse Seibel needs to play. I mean, I, I, I believe that. Um, the thing about shake is, you know, when you bring shake in, you know, shakes, another guy who didn't get a shot attempt, but when you bring shake in, the only thing in him, he's a scorer, man. Like he gets buckets, uh, you know, shake ain't, ain't locking anybody down. And that's not a knock on him. It's just that's who he is, right? So when you get these guys out there and they just running around, like you know, at least had, get them get them out there and have a purpose. I mean, I think you got to try to like somebody got to find him and at least let him try to score because that's what he does. He does, right? Yeah, and like he just didn't do that. Now again, I, th- I believe when he was out there the first time, he was a plus eight. Um, I think he, the one 
he ended up with a, a an assist and he had a rebound. So he did that in the first quarter. I mean, the first second quarter because he played he played uh four minutes and and thirteen seconds in the second quarter, okay. and then he didn't get any burn in the third. And then all of a sudden they put him in for mop up duty. So mm-hmm. like I don't really know what those four minutes and thirteen seconds showed us, but. It seems like they're trying to just getting different bodies out there, you know, because the thing is the same with Matisse. When you put Matisse in for those little bit of stretches and then the last game he played three minutes, had a three minute and 13 second stretch. It was a little bit of the same. He was just out there, you Mm -hmm. know, so, you know, I don't know. I want to see these guys, you know, contribute more than just running up and down the floor. I would too, uh, but I guess again, Doc Rivers is just simply not ready to to do that. But maybe this is a little sample size of what what's to come. I don't know where I don't know where Milton fits into a series against the Toronto Raptors uh, per se because of you look at Fred VanVleet, sure, but he can't defend him. Um, Gary Trent Jr. Shake Milton is not a good defender. You gonna run around with him off the bench? Maybe he can find some minutes in there. Uh, Matisse Thibault is more of a, a candidate to play against that team. Uh, Paul Reed and Montrez Harrell. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go. Furkan Korkmaz. Uh, also, I, I just don't see it against that team that's long and lengthy and uh, how they play basketball. So I guess they're going to stick with what they have. And if it's a situational thing, then maybe he'll look to to one of those other players. More specifically, Shake Milton. I could see Thibel getting there because of his defensive uh, prowess against someone like Gary Trent, or even um, uh, based on uh, what some of the other athletic scores that they do have uh, could potentially do something. Not Pascal Siakam and all that. We'll get to the Raptors uh, when we when we uh, do the uh, podcast for Wednesday's game, but. I don't know. And I'm very curious to see how he stretches out the rotation a little bit more once they play Toronto in these two games. Yeah, me too. And it's funny because the reason I was laughing, the reason why I laughed is because, okay, so it was Matisse. Now it's Shake. And I'm like, please don't make Firk's audition be against this team where they're going to go at (laughs) them. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm Firk, I'm like, come on, bro. Really? Really, yeah, you going to switch to Chicago? Let's wait to Chicago or Washington, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Or wait, or wait till you get back home after you play Washington. I mean, because, yeah. like, yo, talking about a, a, a weighted, uh, what do you call it, a weighted grade or something like that? Like, uh, right, right, yeah, it's, it's not, uh, 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 yeah, that's not nah. good. It's, it's, it's gonna be interesting, man. I mean, look again, maybe they look at it now, okay, they got those three losses. Didn't expect to lose all three. Season starts now, but it really is four-game road trip, Keith, upcoming for this basketball team. It's a tough stretch, two in Toronto, Chicago, and then Washington. So it's not an easy four games. Let's see how they respond after what we saw through the first three games. But uh, we'll tap in tomorrow, dive a little bit more into the Toronto Raptors series and talk about what it means to play these two games in Toronto against a, a Raptors team that I guess we're still trying to figure out who they are. We're trying to figure out who a lot of these teams are in the NBA at this point. But we got to thank everybody for for checking in with us here 
uh, on this day after the Sixers defeat the Indiana Pacers to get their first win. Thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. That's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, you might as well mind letting them know where they can find us. Yeah, like D just said, wherever you get your podcast, you can also get the Locked On 76ers podcast and on YouTube. But when you go to our YouTube channel, make sure you click on Liberty Bell and become a subscriber. Also, make sure you listen to my man D tonight. You go on tonight at what, 8 o'clock, D? Yeah, mm-hmm. 8 to midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so listen to the Divine, Divine Giving Show from 8 to midnight. And then also, Follow my man on Twitter at DivineG975. You can follow me at Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. And you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer and Inquirer.com. And I'll even give you updates on my new favorite team, according to Keith, the San Antonio Spurs throughout the year. <laughs> yeah, those title contenders. <laughs> Yo, but listen, look, D, you know you had me since you had me on my phone looking, right? <laughs> so, so the Spurs, y'all, let's give D the benefit of the doubt. The Spurs are in a, a three-way tie for second place right now. In the it's, West? Uh, huh? <laughs> in the Western Conference? Yeah, so Portland's 4-0. Uh, Memphis, uh, San Antonio, and Utah are all 3-1. and one. <laughs> So you got two teams that's like kind of tanking, right? And they're Utah, both and yeah, San Antonio. San Antonio. Right. Yeah. And then uh they they better than uh than uh Phoenix. Only joking. Phoenix That's is two right. one. Phoenix is yeah. two. The only loss, the only loss we had was to Portland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's my man. He got he was talking whispering to him, like, hey, you ever been in a situation before? Oh, yeah. DeAndre Aiden. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think that, so, was, that so, was the overtime. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all right. So, so D, you got it. They in the three way tie for second. Hey, all I said was for right now. That's all I said. In two weeks, that's probably the only amount of wins that they'll have in yeah, two weeks. Yeah, so, we'll but listen, man, always fun uh, chopping it up. Sixers yeah. get their first win, and uh, we'll talk tomorrow and uh, check out and see what's going on with the Sixers taking on the Raptors. Keith, thanks, man. I know you're in in Indiana in, in uh, Toronto, so. We'll talk to you from Toronto. All right, bro. Peace. All right, man. All right.